1: James chapter 4 let me pray over you real quick we'll jump right into it father we thank you so much for the privilege to know that we're not alone on this planet and that you've given us the very help of heaven not only did you provide it for us at salvation but you also have declared in this word that you have more help available That we have the ability to draw upon more of God's help. You don't expect us to get through this time in preparation to the last day of what we know of the rapture of the church before you come. You don't expect us to do that on our own willpower or our own strength. You have offered help. You're making help available for every one of us to be able to live our lives in a way that we are walking in such a benefit of a blessing of relationship with you. But we're also shining our light everywhere we go. And that we're no longer afraid of anything that comes down the pike. We know that we have the strength of heaven working in our life, the anointing of God, the help of God, the power of God, the authority of God to do what God called us to do. That we are fulfilling our God-given mandate as New Testament believers as soldiers of the cross. We are not quote-unquote wimps. We're warriors. You didn't die to make wimps. You died to make warriors. That's why we have armor. We're in a battle. We need to stand up and start taking advantage of what we got and start truly pushing the enemy back and walking the victory out that we've already been given. But that's going to take heaven's help. And thank God you offer it. Thank you for helping us tonight to understand clearly, see, hear, and know what we need to know to walk in this help of heaven. And to God be the glory for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, James 4. Let's look at our foundation verses. So James chapter 4 here he is declaring to us clearly as believers, that's who this is written to. If you don't believe that, you go into James 5 and he says, is there any among you in the church sick today? Okay, well then call for the elders of the church, be anointed with all. So he's talking to the church. He's talking to the church. So this is a, this is a letter written to the church. And he, as he's talking here to the church, he says in verse 6 of James 4, he, God, gives more grace. Aren't you glad? Yeah. So that just simply means you didn't get all of heaven's help the moment you got born again. That's right. You got heaven's help to get born again, but aren't you glad? Mm-hmm. He didn't say, okay, do what you can, see if you can survive. Hopefully I'll see you on the other side, praise God. No, he said, I've given you more help. I've got all the help you want. How much help you want? I got all the help you want, praise God. So again, heaven's help is the reference for grace. Grace is heaven's help. You didn't get saved by your own ability. How'd you get how'd you get saved? You got saved through grace. By faith, which was heaven's help. You didn't do it, God did it. You just put your faith in what he did. So he gives more grace. Therefore he says what? He tells us how to get it. God resists who? The proud. So who don't get it? The proud. Who does get it? But he, get, but he gives grace to who? The humble. Then he gives us four biblical keys here to walking out Bible humility. All right? The first one we've already covered in multiple services. Therefore, do what? Number one, submit to God. And if you submit to God, what are you automatically doing? Resisting the devil. What will he do? Flee from you. So what do you mean submit to God? Accept who God says you are. Quit arguing. Quit arguing. Accept who God says you are. Yeah, but no. Yeah, but you don't understand me. No, 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 no. I don't need to. I don't have to understand you from a natural standpoint because that's what you're really referring to. If you look at yourself as a spirit being, you need to see yourself as to who God sees who you are. Now, this is easier said than done. To accept who God says you are, what you have, and what you can do. Because if you don't take time to dig through the letters written to the church, Romans to Revelation, and look at who you are in Christ, you're not going to walk in this. Because you don't know. You don't know who you are. You don't know what you have. You don't know what you can do. But the reality is that's why you need to be in the Word uh, both for yourself and in the Word being taught the Word in church to find these things out. So the, for submission to God, we're not just talking about doing what he says included. But the primary aspect of submission isn't an external challenge of trying to do all that I'm supposed to do without any help from within. No. Wake up to the reality of who you are. Look at the new person on the inside and heaven's help will begin to rise up from within you to help you walk what you're supposed to walk on the outside. That's right. But you got to accept. Say, I got to Accept. Yeah. So to submit to God means to accept. You accept. How many of you got born again? How'd you get born again? You accepted what God said he had available to you. Another word we've been talking about, you agreed with God. You agreed with God you were a sinner. You agreed with God you couldn't save yourself. You agreed with God that if I put my faith in him, I could receive what? Heaven's help. And do what? Get born again. Something you couldn't do. So how do we continue to receive heaven's help? We agree with God. Who does God say you are? Right. Somebody tell me. Somebody. Somebody tell me one of what you know. Who God says you are? Child of God. What else? You're the redeemed. What else? More than a conqueror. Now we're getting somewhere. What else? I'm an heir of God. I'm a joint heir with Jesus. Look at Jesus' life. Look at, I'm a chosen generation. I'm a royal priesthood. I'm a holy nation. So you got to know who you are. And if that don't excite you, then the reality is you're not accepting who God says you are because you don't even really know. But when you accept who God says you are, how do you know that? How do you accept it? By declaration. You got to start declaring, this is who God says I am. That's who I am. This is what God says I have. What do you have? What do you have? I have salvation. Sorry? What God says we have. What God says we have. But what does he say we have? New life. More than enough. More than enough. New, new life. New life. <laughs> peace, joy. Oh. Yeah, I got the joy of the Lord. Yeah. I got the peace of God.
0: Yeah.
1: What else do you have? I got the life of God. Zoe, what else do I have? Well, maybe one day I'll be healed. No, you already have it. Well, maybe one day I'll be blessed. No, you've already been. Been blessed. Okay. See, you got to start agreeing with God verbally. See, if you're not, you're not submitting to God, this is not hard to figure out because the truth is what you confess, you'll possess. If you don't confess who you are, if you don't confess what you have, if you don't confess what you can do, guess what you are doing? You're saying something. You're saying something. That's what you're getting. Seriously. I almost wish somehow I could figure out a way to sneak a recorder on every person who's in my church for, for about a week and then bring it, bring it back without you knowing about it and then bring it back and then play it in the church. Say, would you like to know what you said about yourself this week? Would you like to know what you said you could do this week? Would you like to know what you said you couldn't do this week? Would you like to know who, who you said you really aren't this week? Because I'm telling you, if you don't start confessing it, if you don't start declaring it boldly, Come on, man. Abraham's our example. Yes. Your, your name's not Abram anymore. No, Abraham. But I'm 100. I don't care. Sarah can't have kids. I don't care. Well, I'm still just ape, No, you're not. You're Abraham. Now, quit arguing with me, boy. I'm God. I'm Yahweh. I'm the one who's more than enough. I tell you, you're Abraham. But you know what that means. Yes, I do. Father of a multitude. I don't even have a child. You're Abraham. Quit looking at the natural. That's right. Quit going by what you see. Am I going to get any good amens? Am I going to repreach re-preach submission? I mean, I've already gone over it for like three services. My plan was to move on tonight, but I don't know. Maybe I need to back up. See, if you don't confess these things, if you don't declare these things, I will assure you the world's already conditioned you to say other stuff. Don't tell me you don't say stuff in line with what the world frustrates you about or what's going on in your circumstances. Or what happened to you today? Or what didn't happen to you today? See, I'm getting some smiles like, yeah, we know, Pastor, glory to God. Well, maybe we do need to find a way to mic you up. But I'm just helping you understand, you're not submitting to God unless you're doing what? Agree with Him. Agree with Him. Stop trying to reason out all the aspects of what you see in the natural. Just agree with God. Agree with him. You're not going to do that just mental assent, guys. You're going to do that by declaring it. You're going to do that by confessing it. James 3 said it's so critical what comes out your mouth because it's determining where you're going to wind up down the road. That's right. So if you want heaven's help, i mean, you want heaven's help. So heaven's help is God saying, you got to understand how this works. Faith doesn't, come on, we went over all this last Sunday. Faith doesn't just believe, faith speaks. Amen. 2 Corinthians 4, 13. Faith don't just believe, it speaks. So how are you going to walk in what God says you are? How are you going to get heaven's help? By faith. Wait a minute, come on. Let's back up a little bit. Let's rewind the tape. I think I might have to stay here for another day. But understand this. How did I get born again? Somebody told me that I needed salvation. Yeah. Somebody told me I I needed a savior. Somebody told me that I was a sinner. Somebody told me I was separated from God. Somebody told me I could know God. Somebody told me I could get back into relationship with God. That that relationship had been broken through sin. And they kept telling me from scripture over and over again what Jesus did to fix that. And then I realize, okay, I really am separated from God. Look at my language. Look at my lifestyle. Look at how I think. Look what I do. Oh, yeah, I'm I'm certainly not living the life of a Christ follower. Not like I'm just a horrible person maybe in some ways, but the point is I still am not walking like a Christ follower. Listen to my mouth. Listen to the words. Look at my actions. Look at the things I'm doing. Look at the way I'm living my life. Living in sin, living in fornication, getting drunk, going to party and doing all these things that the Bible clearly says is not a good thing for your life. Pretty, obviously, uh, pretty obvious that I'm a sinner, that I need some help. And then I found out through the same person, guess what you can't do? You can't fix it on your own. Because if you could have, he wouldn't have had to come die for you. You listening? Amen. So what I'm hearing is what God's saying he wants me to become. What I'm hearing is what God's saying he wants me to have. What I'm hearing is I'm hearing about what God's saying he's made available to me to do. What has he made available for me to do? Enter into relationship with him. Yes. So I could have an intimate one-on-one relationship with God. And that I could become a child of God again. And be made brand new and be born again. But as I learned about that, guess what I learned? I learned that God can't help me with that. As much as he wants, as much as he wants to help everybody experience that miracle in their heart, God can't help me with that if I don't agree with him. That's right. Right. That's right. Amen. Until you, Daryl, agree with God on this, from your heart and with your mouth. Hello? From your heart and with your mouth. Hello? From your heart and with your mouth. You're going to have to agree with him. This is how you get his help, Daryl. This is how you receive the grace. This is how you receive. Heaven's help to see a miracle. It's amazing how we did this for salvation, but we don't understand the Bible says, just as you receive the Lord Christ Jesus, so walk in Him. So walk in Him. So walk in Him. So walk in Him. him. If you're walking in Him, you're walking in the new you. Because if I'm walking in Him, what am I walking in? You're walking in grace. You're walking in heaven's help. You're not trying to do this stuff on your own if you're walking in Him. You know know how difficult it is when you get at odds with somebody? A situation arises, whatever. Yeah, difficult it is in the natural to put your stinking flesh out of the way? Just forgive them. Just choose to walk in friendly relationship and love and, and do what the Bible says to walk in the love of God towards one another because you're both children of God and stop looking at it from the outward and from the natural and really look at each other from the spiritual. You know how hard that is to do on your own? You know you really can't do that on your own? You know that's why God gives you grace? <laughs> But how do I get it? Let me say it for the umpteenth time. You have to agree with God. How do I agree? Believe in your heart. Declare it with your mouth. If you believe in your heart that you've been forgiven and you should forgive everybody, guess what you do? Yes. Then you confess with your mouth, I forgive this person. I release them. I am not going to let this alter in relationship. Now listen, if they've harmed you, done you wrong whatever, and you're not around them all the time or, you know, they're they're, they're and they haven't changed and they haven't repented, I wouldn't stay around them. But I'm just telling you right now, guess what? In most cases, that's not the case. A lot of times people do things that were hard decisions that they later regret, things they wish they hadn't done, whatever. But I'm just here to tell you, folks, there's only one way you get heaven's help to actually walk in that, that type of a friendship relationship again, just to walk in the love of God with, what, with a brother or sister in the Lord. To do like Paul said, I don't see anybody according to the flesh anymore. I'm looking at the spirit on the inside. Well, guess what happens when you look at their spirit on the inside? Can I, can I help you? Guess what you're seeing? Perfect. That's right. You're seeing perfection. That's right. Why? God said you're perfect. That's right. Righteous. Whoa, 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 pastor. See, there you go again. You're going to disagree with God. See, you're going to disagree with God that he says you're perfect. If you weren't, the Holy Spirit couldn't live in you. God says you're perfect. Word of God says you're perfect. He's not talking about your outer man. He's talking about your spirit man. Right. If your spirit wasn't perfect, you couldn't go to heaven. That's right. Say, I'm perfect on the inside. I'm say it, I'm perfect on the inside. Oh, I don't want to say that. Then you don't want to agree with God. Then you just, see, you, you keep disagreeing with God and God's saying, you don't understand how much I want to help you. Because if you would look at you as a relationship to who I made you as a child of God, that you are perfect, guess what you'd start seeing in every other child of God? Same thing. That's right. You'd see perfection. You'd look beyond that flesh. You look beyond that carnal nature, just like I did on the cross. On. Even with people that weren't born again. Who crucified me and put me through all kinds of excruciating pain and suffering. And I looked down on them and said, Father, please forgive them. Please forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Now, I'm going to tell you what, you can, you can say what you want, but I'm going to guarantee you what? That one soldier that pierced him in the side that heard those words, before he pierced him in the side... You know what he said after that? You know what those words lodged into his heart? A reality of? This truly must have been. The son of God. There was a movie. What was that movie? It was a good movie. It was pretty much uh, obviously just kind of a, an interpretation of kind of that soldier. That actually, that, that soldier it was a good, it was a great movie, man. I, I've shown you clips of it before, but it's how it changed this. Huh? Risen.
0: Risen.
1: Risen. It changed a soldier's life. And he actually winds up seeing Jesus. We don't know that this couldn't happen. We don't have it in the Bible. But obviously that, that soldier admitted at that moment, truly, this was the Son of God. You don't think he wasn't repentant? How could, this, how could this man, hanging on this cross for what we've done to him, look down on us and ask the Father? To forgive me that I just ran spikes through his hands? Oh my. And spike, how do you do that? How do you forgive unless this had to be? That's right. it had to be the son of God. Now I'm going to tell you what, folks. If you don't understand heaven's help, you're going to miss out on what God wants to do in and your life. And that includes what he wants to do for you, which requires love. Yes. Because faith works through love. Yes. Without love, your faith is void, powerless, it doesn't work. You can claim you believe God all day long. Go read First go read Corinthians 13, "If I have not love, even though I got faith to move mountains,'t prosper, doesn't prosper me, doesn't, doesn't profit me at all' doesn't profit me at all. No profit, it won't work. won't work. You know what the biggest problems in Christians lives today? They won't agree with God of who they are and who every other believer is. Now, that don't mean if somebody's wronged me, hurt me bad, et cetera, not repented, done whatever. I'm not going to fellowship with them. No, no. I'm not going to go hang with them, say, yeah, just stab me in the back again. I'm going to love them from a distance. I'm smart enough to know, but I'm going to love them. I'm not going to go slander them. I'm not going to go on Facebook, tell everybody what they did, start calling them names. Well, that's the problem. They're calling me names. Okay. Well, they crucified Jesus. What did he do about it? Wow. To Jesus on the cross say, hey, y'all, check out all these mean, wicked, horrible, nasty, going to hell soldiers down here. Put me on this cross. He didn't say that. Man, who cares what people say about you? If you've got heaven's help seeing who you are, it changes your whole life, man. You're going to live so far above where other people are at. But I guarantee you what? They're going to see it. They're going to know it. They're going to recognize it. They're going to realize it. Can I get a better Amen. I had guys cuss me when I drove a rock truck here, cussed me, said all kinds of bad stuff about me. I just forgave him and loved him anyway, never said anything about him, never said anything to anybody else about him. But I'll tell you what, two of those guys in that business, one of them was going to about, about to lose his marriage, the other one was in a situation with a child that had got caught up into drugs and stuff. Guess who they came to. Guess who they came to? Now, obviously, it's kind of like Nicodemus at night, you know, because, I mean, driving a rock truck, man, you're, you, you leave the crusher, you our plant, you leave the plant like anywhere from 12 to 2 o'clock to get to the crusher, you know, by 2 to 4 to get your first load on the ground by 6 to 7. So it's pure it's dark. So these guys, and I guarantee you, a lot of the guys, you're supposed to check your truck out, make sure everything's good before you leave the yard. A lot of them don't. But they all know I did. <laughs> Why did you do it? So I was told to. I'm not the boss. I'm going to do what my boss wants me to do. It's his truck. I'm going to treat it like it's mine. But I'm going to check that oil every morning. I'm going to check those tires. I'm going to check everything he told me to check. I'm going to check the bells, make sure everything's good to go before I ever fired up. So all these other trucks are already running because they're all fixing to jump in their truck, race off to the crusher, get up there as fast as they could. And all of a sudden, guess what? One of these guys comes. I scared me at first because I, I mean, it's pitch dark, you know. I'm over by the cab of my door fixing to get in my truck. And I hear this voice. And I turn around, what? And, he, and here he is he said you probably wouldn't even you probably wouldn't even want to talk to me all the things I've said about you stuff I've said to others about you I don't know who else to go to and I know this you ready yes. I know you're a man of God yes. that ain't what he called me to all his friends right. but now that he needs help yeah. yep. so what do you do well I ain't helping you you kid me the way you treated me Oh, no, man. You live for those opportunities. You listening? I don't suppose you'd help me. I'll help you in any way I can. What can I do? What What's going on? Then he started telling me about his situation with his marriage. And I said, Well, I said, if she's willing to talk, I'll be happy to talk to the two of you best I can. I wouldn't have passed her yet. I just said, I'll be willing to help you any way I can. I said, but I'll tell you what I can do. I said, I can pray over you, and I can help you with some stuff, what you need to be doing, and on top of that, I'll pray for your marriage. But I'm going to tell you right now, sir, if you don't give your life to Jesus, forget it. Forget it. You're doing this by your own natural human love and strength, and you'll never make it. You'll fail. You'll fail miserably. You can't love your wife the way you're meant to love her by yourself. You need heaven's help. And until you agree with God, you can't get it. But the moment you agree with God, you don't just get born again. You know what Romans 5 said? You ready? Ready? You ready? God's love was shed abroad in your heart. That same love Jesus had on the cross is in you. It's in you. How do I walk in it, Pastor? Start agreeing with God. I'm a forgiver, I've been forgiven. I'm perfect on the inside. Therefore, when I look at another believer, I don't look at all their false faders and stupid things they do. I look at the person on the inside. I say, that's a perfect uh, spiritual being on the inside. That's a child of the most high God. We're going to spend all eternity together. And I can't forgive him here, be cordial enough, get beyond all the stupid outer external fleshly stuff. And then we want help for heaven with healing. And we want help for heaven with deliverance. And we want help for it. And we can't even walk in a basic understanding of what God's help is to walk in love. Go to 1 Corinthians 13. Say, thank God for heaven's help. What we got to do? Agree. Say, agree. We got to agree with God. We got to agree with God who who he says we are, what he says we have, and, 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 and what he says we can do. There's nothing in the New Testament that is told to me and you, that was given to me and you, as an assignment by God for us as believers that we can't do. Why would God tell you to do something that you couldn't do? He would be an unjust and totally unfair God. Think of a parent trying to tell their kid to do something that they know they just can't do, right? Right? Your little six-year-old, okay? Here's the keys to the car. All right, go down to Walmart. Here, I'm going to give you the grocery list. I want you to go pick it up. Come straight back home, straight back home and get the groceries back here so we can get them in the fridge, man. Praise God. Now go, come on, go get Go get the groceries. At six years old, go get the groceries. You're trying to ask your kid to do something you know they can't do, right? But that ain't God. I said, that ain't God. God's never going to ask you to do something that you're not capable of doing. He's already enabled you. I said, he's already enabled you. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1. Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels, but I don't have love. Now, you're not saying I don't have it like it's not in me. Oh, it's in you. I'm going to show you. It's in there. It was in Paul. He just wasn't simply exercising it. It, He was. He said, if I speak with the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I become what? Sounding Brass or a clanging symbol. You know why a lot of people have a really bad witness to other people around them? Because they don't walk in love. And then when they start trying to tell people about Jesus, you know what it sounds like to them? Bang, 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 bang. Sounds like a clanging symbol. Because when they look at you, they don't see somebody that walks in love. They see somebody, I'm not talking about you personally, when they look at somebody who doesn't walk in love claiming to be a believer, they don't look any different than a, worldly, than a worldly sinner. And then when you try to tell them about the salvation that Jesus offers, it's like just a banging sound in their ears. Why? It's not tempered with love. Verse 2. Though I have the gift of prophecy, understand all mysteries, all knowledge. Though I have all faith. All faith. Listen to that. Though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains you think paul was lying if he was lying god would have never penned it in the scriptures and we wouldn't have the statement he's not bragging on him he's trying to explain to you the power of love notice if i had faith that i could uh, so i have all faith that i could move mountains but if i have not love underline it. i am nothing i'm nothing i'm not gonna walk in who i am as a child of god i'm walking in nothing because god can't help me i'm not walking in the love of god Verse three, though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, guess what? It profits me nothing. Back up to Romans chapter five. Romans chapter five. See, the thing you gotta learn to do is you gotta learn again. How many want heaven's help? You got to learn again, start agreeing with God in your daily life. Because if you don't start claiming who you are in Christ and what you have in Christ, then when these circumstances arise, guess who wins out? The old fleshly nature. But the more you can declare from your heart who God says you are, that's faith. As you you begin to release faith in who God says you are, guess what happens? You start walking in that. That starts becoming a reality because your words again are what? It's like that rudder on the ship. The more that you and I line up our mouth to agree with God who, who he says we are, guess what we're doing? We're submitting to God. Amen. Guess where you just changed the destination of your little yacht trip? Uh-huh. You just put it back on the course with God. You just put it back on the plan of God. You just put it back on the direction God wants you to go. And guess what's on the direction God wants you to go? You ready? Heaven's help. Amen. God's grace to get there. Any good amens on that? So in Romans chapter 5, notice this. I love these first verses. We'll read to it. Verse 1. Therefore, having been justified by faith, what do we have? What do we have? Notice this. We have peace with God. The war is over. We just recently touched on that. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we've also received, through whom we also uh, have received, uh, through whom also we have access, excuse me, by faith into the grace, heaven's help, in which we stand. Uh, Read it again. Through whom also, through Jesus Christ, we also have what? Access. Access. How? By faith. faith. Into what? Into more of heaven's help, Mm -hmm. God's grace. In which we will do what? Stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. So how do you walk in that grace? By faith. By faith, what? I believe in my heart and I agree with God and I confess with my mouth who God says I am. What God says I have. What God says I can do. Including walking in love. And that causes me to stand in that heaven's help. God's grace. Three. And not only that. Notice this, but we also glory in tribulations. Huh? Yeah. We don't get caught up or concerned at all about tribulations. Why? Because we know who we are walking with. We know who's walking with us. We know there's nothing our God can't help us overcome and walk through. Amen. That's right. Amen. We glory in tribulation knowing that what? Tribulation produces perseverance, perseverance, character, character, hope. Verse five now hope does not disappoint. True Bible hope, a true expectation of good to come. It does not disappoint. Why? Because, you ready? Yeah. Underline it. The love of God has been poured out in our hearts, poured out, poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. How much of God's love do you have? How much, God's, how much of God's love do you have within you? All the same amount of love of what he himself has and what Jesus has because you're an heir of God and you're a joint heir with Jesus. What are we talking about, Pastor? Heaven's help. How do we get it? One, submit to God. How do we submit to God? Agree with Him. Start agreeing. Start agreeing. Start taking every single verse you ever come across, think about, or find that says who you are. Every day when I'm taking a shower, I'm agreeing with God. I won't say it real loud because I don't want to wake up everybody else in the house. But I say it, I I used to. If I'm by myself, man, I fill the house with those words. But I say every morning I go through these verses. It's not some religious routine. You listening? I am speaking a reality to myself. I'm just declaring in reality to myself who I am in God. And I'm reminding myself because my stinking flesh always wants to try to get up and rise up and get in the way. So I just remind my flesh, no, you just shut up and sit down because this is who I am. I now, born again, who walk in you flesh. I don't walk in you. I walk by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. See, you've got to start declaring. You listening? You've got to start declaring. Go back to, let's close with James 3. I kind of, Holy Spirit took me a whole different direction tonight. Go to James 3. You got to understand the submission to God. What's submission to God? I'm going to agree with him. Say it. I agree with God. Say it out loud so I can hear you say it. I agree with God. Man, you all were worshiping probably the best I've heard you in a long time tonight. Say it like you did at worship tonight. Come on. I agree with God. I agree with God. Yeah, we're not trying to just make noise, guys. No. Understand something. The Bible's clear about this. Words are powerful. Words carry, words are carriers. Words carry within them life or they carry death. Thus saith Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. Every time you speak a word, that's a seed. That seed has life in it. That seed has death in it. If you keep speaking in line with who God says you are, it's bringing that to pass. You're planting these seeds and watering these seeds in your life. And guess what? They start growing. Yes, they do. They start growing. They start changing your life. Well, I don't understand all that. Here's the problem with most people in Christianity. They want to understand how all of Christianity works. Let me save you a lot of time. You ain't gonna get it, you ain't gonna figure it out. You ain't gonna do it. That you know what you just said? I want to know God before I can experience God. You never will. I wanna know about I want to know all about God, everything about God. You never will. Because you know what? In all of eternity, ladies and gentlemen, you're never gonna to totally know him. No. Now, that's not to depress you. That's to say you're never going to ever have a day in heaven that's not going to ever get bored. You're going to see some new facet about God. That's right. He's beyond the Bible. Said. He's beyond understanding. He's beyond imagination. He's so vast and beyond. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Think about this. I'm like a little, I'm not nothing. I'm just explaining to explain something. I'm like a little nothing speck here on a little tiny place in this huge massive globe of earth. that got, I'm like a little speck. I'm like a little, you know, it, it, don't, don't misunderstand me. I don't believe in this stuff. I'm just trying to use an example. I'm like a little who. <laughs> in Whoville. In Whoville. It's
0: right?
1: right? right? Snowflake. Anybody read Dr. Seuss when you were a kid? Yeah. I did. Green eggs and ham. Oh, yeah, come on, man. Green eggs in the hand. Who wants green eggs? <laughs> so, like Kuvel, I'm like this little speck of nothing in the midst of the vast aspect of the world itself. We're not even into the universe yet. Now, how about into the universe? How about beyond the stellar universe? What we can't even see. Huh? What they can see with the, with with the, you know, microscopes and or telescopes and all that stuff. Well, how about beyond that, what they can't see, the third heaven. Third heaven. Where your God's at. Yeah. Your God's so far, vast yeah. beyond. Yeah. You know, used to bug me because you know why? I'm the kind of guy who want to know everything about everything. And I'm like, God, this bothers me. I'll never fully know you. You won't be bothered when you get to heaven. Amen. You'll like it because it'll be something new every day. Yeah. You'll see another facet of me. And you know what you'll do? You'll go so cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. You listening? Let yeah. he go show you another little fast. Oh, I didn't think it could get better, but God, <laughs> come on. This is so cool. Right. Right. The experience encounter that I had with God in an auction barn in Phoenix, in Fort Worth, Texas, where he touched my heart. I mean, where with his finger, he touched my chest and the presence of God got on me. He told me, he he said, that's such a minute bit of me. You you don't even realize what it's going to be like. You just can't. You cannot, from this side of heaven, you can't understand the perspective of what it's going to be like when you walk into that throne for the first time. You'll know why. Then you'll know why these angels circle that throne and say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty. Who was, who is, and who is to come. Meaning what? He's so vast. He's so big. He's so huge. Could I get a better amen? What do you got to do if you want to get more of heaven's help? Start agreeing with him. Start agreeing. How do I do that? Start confessing. Don't wait. Don't wait. Don't wait till a problem arises. See, if I'm preaching this message and people hear it, okay, i got to agree with God. Okay, i got to confess what God says, glory to God. Well, how much time are you taking to go get any verses to learn to do that? Well, I'm kind of busy. Then you're not going to submit to God and you're not going to get more of heaven's help. He wants to help. How come he can't help me? Because you won't agree with him. He says you're this, you say you're that. So how in the world can God help you when you're not even on the same page? He can't. He wants to. He got help for you, but he can't because you're not even on his side of the street. You're on the opposite side. You still here? I know you know it. James 3, verse 2. We all stumble. Oh, listen to this verse. We all stumble in many things. We all stumble in many things. Now, don't don't take stumbling. We'll, We'll hopefully get to this Sunday. Don't take stumbling as like, Okay, so I've stumbled that I've done wrong. God, God can't forgive me. God can't love me. I just messed up. I did this. I did that. Don't take that like all of a sudden now things are over. No, no, no. He's saying, guess what? We all do stumble. We all do stumble. You know what Amos says? Get back up. Get back up. And when your enemy says, nope, you're not good enough for God. You know what you tell your enemy? You tell your enemy, listen, man, I'm going to tell you right now. Even though I stumble and fall, I'll get back up. You will not keep me down in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen? Even though we all stumble in many things, if anyone, say anyone. Anyone. Who's this available to? Thank you. A little louder, please. Notice this. If anyone does, underline it, does not stumble in word. Word. Does not stumble in word. Okay. How do I not stumble in my words, Pastor? Agree agree with God. God. If you agree with God, you're never going to stumble in words. Guess when you're not, uh, guess when you are stumbling in words. When you're not, agreeing with God. You're saying what your problem is. It doesn't mean you can't ever talk to your spouse or a friend or somebody else about a situation maybe you're going through that they need maybe understanding on whatever, but you don't do that and then focus on that. You say, but you know what? You know what God says? Let me tell you what God says about me. Let me tell you what God says I can do. So he says, do, if you do not stumble in work, word, you ready for this, you ready for this, you ready for this? How many want to get that old flesh of yours in control? Guess how you're going to get it in control? Heaven's help. Agreeing with God. Guess what the word is? It's powerful, it's living, it's anointed. It's powerful, it's living, it's anointed. You know what it has? It's full of God's power and glory. That's right. Has the power within it to help you. Notice, if you don't stumble in word, he is a perfect man. That just means somebody who is walking mature. The word perfect here is not talking about the spirit man. It's talking about somebody mature enough, smart enough to know, I better watch my mouth. Better watch my mouth. To think that I can just say anything and it's not going to affect me, that's not a mature person. No. Mm-hmm. One who does not stumble in word, what is he? A mature man. What's he able to do? That was way too quiet. Read it. What's he able to do? Rival Rival the what? The what? Body. Oh, What's this referring to? Your fleshly man. How do I bring my flesh under control? It ain't your willpower, darling, that's going to make that happen. How do I bring my flesh under control? You get your tongue under control. You start agreeing with God. When you agree with God and start saying what God's Word says, what are you doing? You're releasing power. Yes. Releasing power. What are you beginning to do? Bring your flesh under control. What's it coming under control to? The Word. It is coming under control to the Word, but more importantly, what's it coming under control to here? Your spirit man. You're a new man. Because as you're speaking the word, your spirit man's rising up and he's saying, That's right. That's exactly right. That is who I am. That's exactly right. That is what I have. Thank God. Glad you finally acknowledged me over that stupid flesh on the outside. Glad you started finally talking about me instead of talking about that old fleshly man on the outside. That's right. Amen. And you start feeding your flesh. And your flesh gets stronger, and he rises up, so that's exactly right. You better know you keep saying it. See, and a lot of people don't know the book of James, which I had time, I'm out of time. But in the book of James, if you go back and read in the very beginning of the book of James chapter 2, towards the end there of chapter 2, he said, guess what? He said, you can deceive your own heart. Yeah. Right. Through what? Wrong words. Wrong words. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Wrong words. I got to finish this real quick. You still with me? Yes, yes sir. Are, you, are you unhappy you came to church tonight? No. Right answer. Watch this. He said, you, you, if you'll not stumble a word, you are a mature believer. You'll bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us. We turn their whole body. Yeah, yeah. Think about the size of a horse's body. Yeah. That little bit, the little person on the back, turn the whole body. Look also at ships. Although they're so large, driven by fierce winds, they're turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue... Little member, verse 5. Both great things. See how great a force a little fire kindles. Your words are actually creating a fire for good or bad. Right. Yeah. Tongue's a fire. It's a world of inequity. Yeah. Tongue is so set among our members that it defiles what? The whole body. And it's set on fire by the course of nature and it's set on fire by hell for every kind of beast and of a bird and reptile and creature of man, of the, uh, creature of the sea, excuse me, is tamed and has been tamed by man, mankind. Underline it. Nobody can, but no man, no man, own, own willpower by your own ability. No man can tame the tongue. It's an unruly evil full of deadly poison. So what do we do about it? How do we tame our tongue? With the word of God. When he says no man can tame the tongue, you're not going to tame the tongue with your own natural words. How are you going to tame the tongue? With God's word. That's right. God's word. I am going to show it to you and then I'll close. Uh, actually, because I want to correct myself. James chapter 1. I told you chapter 2. Back up to chapter 1, verse 20, 26. If anyone among you thinks he's religious, like really walk in the line of a believer. This is good religion here. This isn't bad. But he does not bridle his tongue. <clears throat> He doesn't deal with his tongue. What does he do? He deceives his own heart. This one's religion, his, his thoughts of dedication and walking out what God has for him is what? It's useless. I want you to get this. How in the world, pastor, how, how would I deceive my own heart? Disagreeing with God. Stand up, Merrick. Disagreeing with God. So let's say, let's say Merrick represents... Let's say Merrick represents my spirit man, right? It's just for sake of purpose of understanding. Let's say he represents my spirit man. In this case, we're going to just say, which obviously your spirit don't have a shirt. Your shirt obviously on your spirit man's blue, right? Okay. But I don't say what God says. God says, I have a blue shirt on my spirit man, let's say, okay? But guess what I keep saying? No, I have a red shirt on. You know what my spirit first says? Go ahead. It's a blue shirt. That was pretty weak. A blue shirt. No, no, that ain't me. No, I have a red shirt on. I have a blue shirt. That's right. Nah. No, I'm not that good. No, I failed. No, I've done wrong. No, I ain't that big a deal. No, I'm not that strong. No, I got a red shirt on. See, you keep saying that over and over and over and over again. How in the world do I deceive my heart? I'm going to tell you why. Because your spirit knows that you are obviously a, son, a person in this case with a blue shirt on. But you keep saying red shirt. Well, guess what happens? You eventually deceive your heart to believe, wow, I guess maybe I have a red shirt. Yeah. And guess what your spirit man's no longer doing? Dominating, why? Because it doesn't believe in who God says you are. Come on. And then what God says you have. And in what God says you can do. Why? You've deceived it too long. How do I deceive my heart? I disagree with God. How do I not deceive my heart? I agree with God. Oh, I got a blue shirt on. What's my spirit say? Yeah, Mary. <laughs> A little more enthusiasm. I got
0: a blue shirt. Woo,
1: come on, yeah. I got a blue shirt on. That's who I am. I'm not a red shirt guy. I'm a blue shirt guy. Amen. You listening? Thank you. you. What do you got to do? Agree with God. What if you don't? Every time you consistently, now listen, it's how the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks not saying you're not going to say sometimes you st- stupid stuff. Anybody ever say stupid stuff you know you shouldn't say? And listen, you better start correcting a lot of it to the degree you can by saying what God says you are and agree with God. If I agree with God, what am I doing? What am I doing? I am resisting the devil. What, what's the first thing? Go, go before that. So I'm agreeing with God. What am I doing? What? You said it. Yeah, you did. <laughs> If I'm agreeing with, if I'm agreeing, I'm submitting to God. Therefore, I am. Guess who's trying to get me convinced I have a red shirt instead of a blue one? The devil is. Guess who's trying to get me convinced that I'm powerless? The devil is. Guess who's trying to get me me convinced I can't witness to people? The devil is. Guess who's trying to get me convinced that I'm somebody who truly, without a doubt, could never do signs, wonders, miracles? Well, you're not going to do them. God do them through but you know what I mean. Uh, Guess who's trying to convince you you can't do that? The devil is. Guess who's telling you you don't need to go to church? Guess who's telling you you don't need to hear your preacher? Mm -hmm. Why? Because you hear messages like this. Amen. (laughs) If you didn't need it, I know you did I needed this message tonight. Every time I preach, I say, oh, man, Lord, you're preaching to me. The cool thing about walking in anointed preaching is you don't just preach to the people. Preach to yourself. So understand this. One last time. Can we get it clear? Can we get it clear now? If I am submitting to God, what am I doing? I'm agreeing God. I'm agreeing, and I'm automatically resisting. resisting the devil. What am I going to get? I'm going to get heaven's help. God's word is going to go to work. God's word is going to go to work. What should I do, pastor, if I'm having a problem forgiving people? Go to Romans chapter 5 verse 5 and say God's love is in there. He poured it out, man. It's in there. That love is in there. I've got the love of God in me. I got the same love Jesus had when he forgave everybody on the cross. This person certainly didn't know. I don't see any spikes run through anybody's hands here. I don't see spikes run through anybody's feet here. I don't see anybody ever had a crown of thorns put on your head, scars all over your head from all that. I don't see anybody with your back laden, whipped and torn alive. By, but yet Jesus had all that done and said, forgive them. How did he do that? how do he do that? The love of God. Do you know Jesus didn't do what he wanted? Wasn't his will. Not my will, Father. Your will be done. How'd he do that? He agreed with God. What'd he get? Has he agreed with God? Heaven's help to go beyond what he felt in the natural, the flesh. He was tempted at all things. Just like me and you, he just never faltered and gave into it. No. Well, you don't have to either. No. No, we don't. Some of you, some of you challenge on that one. Uh, you don't have to either. No, we do not. not with heaven's help. That's right. Glory to God. Right. Thank you, Lord. You listening? Yeah. What do I got to do? Last time, promise. You got to <laughs> do what? God. Agree with God. <laughs> if I agree with God, what am I doing? Submitting, submitting God. to God. If I'm submitting to God, what am I doing? Resisting. I'm resisting the devil, and I'm receiving what? Supernatural. supernatural. God's not a natural being. God's a supernatural being. What help am I getting? Supernatural, supernatural. help. I have walked up to people that like Pastor, and I wasn't a slugger in my day as a sinner. I didn't like punch. You kidding me? I was a lover, not a fighter. Oh. I did not. <laughs> As a sinner, as a sinner, I didn't want to fight. I didn't want to fight. I wanted to walk in love with everybody, meaning I didn't want to fight with you. I, don't, I wasn't looking for a fight. You listening? I, I was a lover, not a fighter, meaning what? I didn't want to fight. I wasn't trying to find a fight. I had a friend of mine that was a fighter, not a lover. He trying to fight everybody. Every time he went to the bar, he's trying to start a fight. I said, why? You don't even know that guy. Don't matter. Don't need to. Are you kidding me? You listening? But I'm here to tell you folks, when it comes down to walking in the love of God, forgiving people as it relates to what they've done to you and the harm they've done, there's only one way you're going to do that, with the help of heaven. Only way. I've had people that have wronged me in life That my flesh, when I saw them, did not want to walk up to them. They're coming my way. Did not want to talk to them. Did not want to say a word to them. But I knew in my spirit, I'm a child of God. They're a child of God. I'm perfect. They're perfect on the inside. You know who I'm going to talk to? The one on the inside. I'm not talking to the one on the outside. Talking to the one on the inside. Walked up, hugged them, said, I love you. Good to see you. Hope you're doing good. God bless you. Moving on my way. My flesh did not want to do that. If you think you're going to feel so ooey gooey good in the flesh to do the things of God, are you kidding me? Your flesh is enmity against God. If you're walking with heaven's help, guess what your flesh is doing? It's going through pain. It's going through suffering. It don't like going through that. It don't like having that happen. But what you keep doing that long enough, guess what happens? You start becoming more and more numb to the flesh. And you become stronger in the spirit. It don't affect you like it used to. That's right. Can I get a better amen? amen. Do you get anything tonight? Yes. Stand to your feet.